This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The question of vaccine uptake still remains an important one here in the U.S. Obviously, that question has been at the forefront of many conversations over the last three years due to the coronavirus pandemic, and it is still today. So how do you best go about the ways to increase the taking of vaccines in cities? A new study done here in Philadelphia looked at the component of lotteries and the potential of winning something as a way to be able to incentivize people to take vaccines. Katie Milkman is a professor of operations, information, and decisions at the Wharton School and uh, the lead on this. Katie, great to talk with you as always. Thanks for a few moments today. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So lay this out for us. Uh, Take us back into uh, what you were looking for and, and how you went about this research. Yeah, absolutely. This was a really unique project in that we implemented the city of Philadelphia's vaccine lottery. We funded it out of um, the research budget at the University of Pennsylvania and uh, designed it in a way that we hoped would be effective and also uh, make it possible to evaluate whether or not this was a cost-effective means of increasing vaccination in the city of Philadelphia. So what we did was quite unique. First component of it that was unique was that um, we formed it as a regret lottery, which is going to sound a little odd. So what is a regret lottery? Most of the vaccine lotteries around the country were uh, people could opt in. They could put their name on a list and say, please, you know, give me a, a win. Uh, I've been vaccinated. In the city of Philadelphia, what we did is we said we're, we have a list of all the residents of Philadelphia. They're all entered and we'll call you if your name is drawn. But if you haven't gotten a vaccine before the date when we call you, you will have to turn down our up to $50,000 award that we selected your name for. So that can create a lot of regret. And past research suggests it's a much more powerful way to influence behavior change. So that's feature one. Feature two is that we actually um, targeted the lottery at certain zip codes where there were lower vaccination rates. So we drew, um, we had three different rounds of the lottery. And each time we picked a zip code that was um, given 50 to 100 times the chances of having winners in that zip code. uh, And we announced it and broadcasted it. And the idea was we'd randomly select these zip codes and that creates an experiment. Are the, is it possible by boosting the odds dramatically in a certain zip code to make the lottery more potent and um, drive more vaccinations in that zip code relative to neighboring zip codes. So that's kind of, that's what we tested back in the summer of 2021, last summer. Yeah. And so what were the results from that? What were you able to glean from it? Yeah. So we have two key findings relating to the two design features I just emphasized. Um, The first is basically, is it cost effective to target vaccine lotteries at certain zip codes and certain neighborhoods where take up is low by basically giving them vastly higher chances of a win. We designed the experiment to look at that. We also can try to look at whether or not the overall lottery, the overall use of a regret lottery in the city of Philadelphia is useful. So let me start with the, the question of targeting. That was what our study was really well designed to measure. And we got an incredibly clear answer. No, it was totally useless. To multiply the odds by 50 to 100 of um, certain zip codes winning, we do not see a benefit of that. We can even rule out that it increased vaccinations, um, sort of one extra vaccination for $5,000 spent. We can say confidently that we didn't even get that. Uh, so total non-effect, which is useful because you might think we want to really geo-target um, these kinds of sweepstakes and that that could be really value-add in certain communities. 
And okay, so that's our first clear answer. The second answer, yeah. though, might be one that policymakers care even more about, and we were not as well set up to answer, which is, did the overall lottery help increase vaccinations in the city of Philadelphia? This is much messier. Unlike the clean experimental design we had where we randomly selected certain zip codes and compared them to the ones that weren't selected, the whole city of Philadelphia got this regret lottery, and we have to try to then co construct at the same point in time, a comparison from other Pennsylvania counties that sort of looked similar up until the moment when our vaccine lottery launched. But right. um, our best estimate of whether or not this is useful looks kind of promising. So we basically say in our paper, look, this is equivocal. But I want to say here, since I'm talking to a sort of large audience and potential policymakers, my takeaway is uh, – this needs more testing. So our best point estimate suggests we, we probably increased vaccinations in the city of Philadelphia. Uh, we probably generated about one extra vaccine per $15 spent um, on this wow. regret lottery. So not a bad return on investment at all. Uh, the one tricky thing is that if you look at the city of Pittsburgh at the same point in time, they saw a similar boost and they didn't have a, a regret lottery. So that makes me a little nervous there's something about being in a city at this moment that was causing things as opposed to our lottery but again our sort of best estimate is that it was helpful so my key takeaway from that is in this moment when we're going to probably going to see as the boosters roll out that not every american is rushing to get them and we're thinking how do we encourage more people to take these life-saving vaccines to try to stave off another wave this winter it would not necessarily be a bad idea for more cities to think about trying regret lotteries given that this looks decent and then we need more evaluation we have just this one data point it's a rare type of lottery to have been implemented both at the city level and using this regret design but given the the positive um, point estimate i i think it's worth more testing well and, and i've i mean i've heard anecdotally of, of cities doing this uh, in terms of doing a lottery but how popular had they become if you know from what you know over the course of the last couple of years was it kind of the the fallback of a, of a lot of cities to try and do a lottery try and get people uh, more people to to get their vaccines done yeah it's a great question i mean uh there were a lot of incentive programs rolled out a lot of the lotteries that got media attention like ohio and california they were statewide and about half of states actually ran lotteries and um none of them to my knowledge, were regret lotteries. I was actually involved right. in another project led by other researchers, but I was sort of, um, you know, part of trying to evaluate the effects of these varying incentive programs from West Virginia offering $100 payment to people who went and got a vaccine yeah. to the Ohio lottery, yeah. the California lottery, vaccine lottery, et cetera. And in general, we actually saw that these things were not effective. Um, the statewide incentive programs were very ineffective. There's a lot of questions about why. It could be that, um, you know, the timing of the rollout was was wrong. It could be that um, they weren't um, local enough. It could be that they didn't use regret lotteries. They used these standard um, types of lotteries. And unfortunately, because none of this was really done experimentally, it's extremely hard to know. But given that evidence and given what we saw, I would say it seems clear that aren't getting much out of these kinds of programs, but maybe there is room for cities to try things like our regret lottery and see, you know, again, could have been a fluke. Our results are equivocal, but they're encouraging yeah. enough that it's worth more testing at that sort of more local community level of using this kind of regret designed lottery. So is there kind of the, the, the potential of kind of a, a combination there of that regret lottery with, somewhat of that targeted element to it 
to focus, you know, on, uh, you know, on maybe certain zip codes are, are more receptive to this type of activity than than other zip codes. Maybe the way that we did our geotargeting, where we gave certain zip codes higher chances of a win, that was completely useless. But you could imagine yeah. just having zip code, like certain zip codes in lotteries, and that's the whole lottery. It's zip code based. Maybe that would yield some kind of different result. I think it's yeah. a little hard to market at that level, frankly. Whereas yeah. you know, cities have a newspaper, they have radio shows that are popular in that city, and you do need to get the word out. That's another thing that we found um, our our project. One of the things that I think made it um, interesting was was how engaged people were in the community with this lottery. People were really excited about it. We told people, look, we have this residential list. It has everybody's name in it. You don't have to do anything to be entered. But if you want to just confirm that we have your information entered correctly, right. you can go to this website and fill it out and just you know, double confirm. More than one in 20 Philadelphians did that over a few weeks because they were so eager to participate. But part of what made that right. possible is, you know, is the lead story in the Philadelphia Inquirer on all the local news yeah. channels that this lottery was happening. And I think to get that kind of visibility and that kind of free marketing probably does require something like a city-wide um, opportunity. Right. And, and the opportunity to be able to use all of those media outlets in comparison to the city government doing it themselves, you, you, you're, you're most likely going to get, and again, the, the the ratio of success may vary, but you're still more likely to get a higher response than you would if the if the city government was just doing it themselves. You know, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if the participation of the University of Pennsylvania and this research team amped up the attention. I think it was the right you know it was the right moment. We did this in launched it in June of 2021, just around the same time that Ohio and California were getting a lot of attention. Um, and everybody yeah. was talking about, are we going to get vaccines in arms fast enough to go sort of back to normal? Obviously, we know that's yeah. a little longer than we all wanted, and we're still yeah. trying to get back to normal fully, but we're closer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was the university's involvement so much as just there was a general wave of interest, and it was a big pot of money targeted at the local population. So you say that it, it requires more investigation, more study. In what manner do you think that that what what would be the next step then, do you think, to to try and find out more? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think at this point, the the natural way to find out more would be if a few more cities um, decided, look, if if they think it's worth more than fifteen dollars per person vaccinated to their community uh, at this point to say get a booster, it would be worth rolling out another regret lottery and you know the city of philadelphia could do it the city of chicago could do it the city of new york you know pick your city it it probably makes sense for a few more to step forward who really value seeing these boosters in arms this fall and consider trying a regret lottery and only if a few more do it will will it be feasible for researchers to dig into data and say you know was it a fluke that things looked encouraging in the city of philadelphia's regret lottery compared to all these state lotteries designed differently that that really pretty clearly didn't add value um, or is there something robust here? So my hope is that, um, you know, hearing about the results will spur some more communities to give this a shot and, and then we'll get a better sense of whether or not it's, it's a worthwhile investment to consistently make as we, you know, this is not going to be our last rodeo. It wasn't our first, but it was well, our first really big one yeah. in a while. And it's, every year we're going to need to deal with this and there are more pandemics likely to come down the pipe, unfortunately. Yep.
that was going to be my next question because, I mean, it, you know, certainly this has been, you know, an unprecedented last two and a half to three years at this point, but there is no guarantee that we won't have something come down the pike uh, five years, 10 years, whatever it might be. And this is the type of information to truly have a better understanding on what the thought process or maybe more so the reaction of the public may be in these certain uh, instances. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we feel so lucky that we got to partner with the city of Philadelphia to evaluate this. And, um, you know, the more we can learn now, and by the way, you know, boosters are probably going to be needed every year is my read of the data, unless some, there's some magical change. Um, and so even understanding how do we encourage that? And frankly, you know, flu season comes around every year and not enough people get flu vaccines to save all the lives we could save. So um, thinking carefully, both for the next pandemic, but also for the steady state that we're in so we can keep our cities and our population as healthy as possible using all the best tools. Um, it's really valuable. When, when you were doing the research, was it a focus more so on people who had still not gotten their first dose of vaccine at that point? Or was it even inclusive of people that, that maybe had not gotten the second dose or, or the booster beyond that point? Yeah, thank you for asking that great question. In this project, as in most of the vaccine lotteries that were run in the summer of 2021, what we did is that we were incentivizing people to have received their first dose. You could imagine doing something different. You could say anyone who hasn't gotten a dose and who goes out and gets one will be eligible. But then to some degree, you're creating uh, you know, a negative incentive because the people who are early movers are punished. So we didn't want to do that. We didn't, and we and it could have strategic implications. People might decide, oh, I'll wait longer to get the next vaccine so I could be in that group that's getting the special incentives. So we very right. deliberately included everyone who'd gotten a first dose up until the date of the drawing and announced it two weeks in advance. So anyone who hadn't gotten vaccinated could run out basically and get it in the time before the first drawing uh, and be motivated by that incentive. Uh, and, and then we measured overall, um, we measured how many people get it in the weeks after our announcement. So what we're measuring is incremental bonus vaccines that come about after our announcement, but we're incentivizing anyone who's gotten a vaccine at any point, if that makes sense. Did you get, did you get reaction from the city of Philadelphia and, and maybe even more so the public health office here in Philadelphia as to your research and the findings and, and what their kind of takeaway was from this? Yeah, absolutely. We worked very closely with them. They were our um, key partner on this. They've read, you know, read every draft of our just published paper that came out in Nature Human Behavior last week, um, which has sort of spurred this conversation. And you know, first of all, I would say you know they were discouraged, as were we, that the the geo-targeting element of our program was so clearly not value add because I think everyone was hoping that we would this be able to prove that maybe this is a useful way to target certain communities that have been underserved and try to get drum up excitement um, and um, and extra vaccination. So everyone, I think, was equally discouraged by that. I, I think um, the question is, is the equivocal finding around maybe there's some value add from this regret lottery? Yeah. Is that interesting and intriguing enough that more would be invested? I don't know. We'll we'll see. And I think it'll probably depend on sort of how dire the need for extra vaccinations at a given point in time feels uh, to city yeah. health officials. Katie, as always, great to talk with you. And, and thanks for a few moments on this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. As always, I really appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Katie Milkman, who is a professor of 
operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.